All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being on this episode, for listening to this episode of Say Wine, Say With Wine, now available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Why do I always forget to count all three? Anyway, this is actually a very exciting episode. All episodes are exciting. But on this episode, we're recording, and we actually have our cameras on, because usually when we record on Zoom, we don't have cameras on. So like right now, I'm looking at my friends, and it's just making me like too happy, and I can't control myself right now. This is Okay, guys, I have Ola and Shade back. Ola, say hi. Shade, say hi. Hi. Ooh, hi. Every time you people come here, you talk as if I forced you. I, I, oh. well, I That was very enthusiastic. <laughs> really, Shade? Is this what we're classing as enthusiasm now? Hi, guys. Thank hi. you. Ola, say hi. that hi. Well. Hi. Hi, everyone. Every. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Guys, Ola took the H factor all the way to the United Kingdom, <laughs> yo. <laughs> I can't see it. Okay, okay, okay. We're doing this. Doing this. So this episode, we want to talk about uh, the, the documentary Disclosure um, and how, I guess, it's kind of influenced or affected some of our thoughts around um, trans rights, basically. Um, so yeah, um, for everyone who hasn't watched it, spoiler alerts, for whatever we discuss. Uh, for everyone who has, you know, just share your opinions. Tell us, obviously, what you're thinking about the documentary. Um, I will take it from there. So, let me start. First question is, obviously, we've all watched the documentary. Your first thoughts at the end of the documentary. What are you thinking as, as the documentary ends? Let's start with Ola. Um, I, I, I think, honestly, I've... Obviously, I'm, I'm... I think, for me, the thing that I took away from the show was the fact that... I've always obviously had um, empathy for the queer community, I mean, the trans community, and I always advocate for their freedom. But I think this show really breaks it down as to how systematically we've been, we've viewed them and the media has taught us to view them, you know, and like, and their lives. And it's actually broken that glass and like that mist of like disbelief of what they really go through. I mean, also, I think, as I said to you privately also, like, I, living in London, like these people, like obviously when you take public transport and everything, you see all these people all around you, you always think their lives are so foreign and so different to, you know, to your own lives. And like, again, this show really does a good job at like saying, these are these people, this is the kind of life that they live. And like, you know, these are the struggles that they go through. And we as people um, who have like privilege in some way or other need to be more sympathetic to their, to their lives, really. Shade, do you want to add anything? Mm, I think Ola covered a lot of it. But I would say, like, for me, it was just, like, reminding me the importance of um, representation and just how much um, it's very easy to live your life in a bubble and always see life always as us and them and us and others. And what something like this, like, quickly did for me was to be like, okay, there there's not that or there's not that much different from from them from me like is this like obsession with wanting to like society and the media has this obsession wanting to like other people and focus on the things that are different and instead of always going back to the core of things of we're all human beings like we're all one human race like we're all very 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 similar we're far more similar than we actually realize um that was like one of the key things i took away from that 
Yeah, I think for me, when the documentary ended, I just remember thinking, because I like to act like I'm one of these people that knows enough about like things like this. I mean, I don't expect that I'm the expert, but I always like to believe, you know, I know enough to call myself informed, if you will, right? And then watching it, I'm, the documentary ends, and I think to myself, oh my God, I don't know like anything at all. I mean, yeah, you assume that, you know, trans people go through a lot. You hear everything in the news. You know, you, you like for example, on Twitter, it's always, you know, uh, Black Trans Lives Matter. There's always something. And you think, okay, yeah, I understand, like, you know, the struggle. But then you watch something like that and you're like, I actually have no idea about this. Like, I, I, I cannot begin to comprehend the struggle. And then they talk about all the films, like the power of the, spoiler for everyone, when everybody's talking about the films that influence their queerness, right? Like, and they're mentioning all these films. And it, it suddenly occurs to me that the same way, you know how when you watch all these films where like you see the black girl and it's the dark skinned girl that doesn't find love but everybody else finds love. It, as a black woman, you're watching that and you're thinking, oh, this is horrible. I didn't realize trans people, like, like now I realize it makes sense they would, but trans people also have that moment where, like, can you imagine you're a trans person watching a film where they kill the trans person? Like, like, can you begin yeah, to imagine? You said? Well, the trans person is always a prostitute or something. Thank you. Thank you. Like, yes. you don't think about that. We, we, I think when it comes to struggles like this, we often tend to think it's just us that go through these things. Because, like, I watch all these films where, like, for example, even to today, High School Musical. I love High School Musical, and I would die on anything for High School Musical. But why was it the Black people who were back up? You know, like, why couldn't the Black people to be busting into all in this together? Like, we could sing too. So, the effect that had on me, you know, you assume, oh, that's just something that happens to people like me, but it's, it's so like, and it genuinely made me want to actually learn more about like trans rights. Like I, I just genuinely felt like, okay, beyond, I mean, we all go on Twitter and we laugh about Bob Risky. We laugh about, we laugh about all the jokes, but can you, be, sorry, can you begin to imagine the life of Risky is living in this Nigeria? Like just like if you, he, when he tweets, I don't know if you check the death threats, like oh my god like i just the whole thing just made me be like what what new world is this that i was potentially just never exposed to it was very it was very like it was very triggering it was very triggering and i just feel like the worst part of everything now is with the way twitter is and i, I think i tweeted about this this evening again everybody's having strong opinions about things they don't know about yeah. people just mm. and they are not that's their work like I just I don't understand how you also because I kind of looked up some of the some of the um when the documentary was released and I watched it I went on Twitter and I looked up like some of the hashtags like you know like some of the trending topics and there were generally people who were out there tweeting things like you know this is trying to normalize being trans <laughs> and I was like oh. yes <laughs> what <laughs> like <laughs> if you don't want to be trans don't be trans which one is normalized <laughs> like what is annoying that's a very, i feel like normalize is a very like twitter buzzword at the moment yeah. like, let's normalize this let's normalize <laughs> okay shut up like, yeah. and it's like let's you're trying to normalize being trans and i'm like i like i generally have questions around like what's like what that means for you. Anyway, the next question I have for you guys was, I'm still obviously continuing on this topic is how has like, 
historically, what has your interaction with the trans community been, right? And what, if any, changes have there been since you watched the documentary? I think um, for me, so obviously because I work in fashion and I have lots of gay friends and well, that's not the reason, but I just have a lot of gay friends. Um, but, um, and, and I'm part, part of in that lifestyle also. So I think for me, I've, as I said, like when we first talked about it, I said like, I have always had trans people, like especially like moving to London and like, you know, going clubbing and stuff. I've always seen trans people around and I've always like had friends who are really close to them, but I never like really knew the ins and outs of their life. And like, I always, but I always thought it was very hard in the sense, in the same way that I thought, like, you know, like being gay also is very difficult because like the, the difference to me is the fact that like, you know, like being gay, there's a privilege of like masking your, your sexuality is not on your face. Like your sexuality is not like a physical identity. You yeah. Know? So I think um, for that, it was, it was kind of, that was the thing that I always used to think about, like trans people were the ones that like, you would know, like you would, a lot of the time you would know that, okay, this is a trans person. Whereas with a gay person, they can be battling with it internally or like hiding it or being in the closet and all of that. So I always yeah. used to think how difficult it was to be trans. And to be honest, I actually didn't even know a lot to be honest about like trans people, even though like I had a lot of gay friends and like, you know, we all kiki and everything. And it's, and I think that is something that is actually even, it's quite sad, but like, I think a lot of the gay community, especially if they don't have people in that, if they don't have trans friends, like they don't really know the reality of it. And I, as I said, it wasn't until like, I started to watch Orange is the New Black that it started changing my mind and I started understanding it. And I was like, okay. And also again, like, it, it, I'm not even gonna lie. Like there was that, like that perception of like, oh, a lot of like trans people are either like prostitutes or like they have like, you know, like not like, or they have some sort of like guy looking after them, you know, or like a sugar daddy. And that gives them protection for their life and everything, you know, and it's usually, and even like, there's also, even within the gay community, there's also this like kiki that like, oh, like the trans girls always pull like the hottest guys because like it's a form of like protection and all of that. So like there was always that like, you know, like that there is always that narrative. And for me, like Lauren Cox's like character in Orange is the New Black really broke down that stereotype because I always used to look at them from like a paradigm of like they have such a specific life also a life that i only really see when i'm at the club and like when they're all dressed up and like you know in full glory like you never <laughs> see like, it's not, really it's not really even until recently and i recently i mean like the last two years because i follow some trans people that you start seeing them in like their normal like life when they're when they don't have full makeup you know when they don't have everything you know and like some of them you you notice that some of them actually don't have the full surgery and like you know like just all those things you start seeing the breakdown in like the reality of who they are and that is very very important because you can only empathize with people and you can only understand what they're going through when you can actually see them as they are you know so so yeah so that really like that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think I, I can agree with that. And I think something I'll just chip in as well, and this is, I think this will kind of segue to the next question, and I'll let Shade contribute as well, is 
you don't realize like for me the documentary kind of made me think to myself like so the same way no matter who makes a rape joke i don't find it funny as a woman i didn't realize like i love dave chappelle and like i've paid money to see dave chappelle and i don't pay money to see anybody like i refuse categorically but i've actually put my own money down to see dave chappelle and you know watching disclosure and coming back I, I realized, you know, Dave Chappelle is so deeply transphobic. And I've laughed at these jokes. And, you know, I've always been like, oh, you guys are being, you know, you're taking it too seriously. Or, but, you know, again, I, I, I'm now forced to come back and think to myself, if he had been making jokes about Black women being trash or something, how would I, you know, like, how, how would I take that, right? Like, I wouldn't find that funny at all. Like, I, 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 like there's no planet in which I would accept that. So why was I so detached, if you will, from the trans community that I couldn't even empathize with why? Because I remember when Dave Chappelle did his last Netflix special, Laverne Cox was on Twitter not having it. I remember thinking, it's not this serious, ma'am. But like, now I'm like, okay, I understand and, you know, I'm sorry for all the ways that I guess my laughter and my general sort of brushing offness, if that's a word, kind of affected that. Anyway, Shadi, what do you, what, what do you think? Um, I think for me, like one of the things that stood out as well is um, this obsession with, like, this obsession with always, like, pitting, like, trans rights versus women's rights and this idea of like women always questioning because I the first thing when you mentioned Bob Risky, I guess like the first thing at the top and you want to become a woman and then you want to just focus on like the outward looks and like wanting like boobs and stuff like that but what this like uh what the documentary really taught me was that that was also like me playing into the media and realizing that a lot of the things to do with trans people is always like reduced down to like their sexuality and like their um sexual organs and like how problematic that is because instead of me focusing on the other and i should have like been seeing it through the lens of back to like our bodies and how to commodify our bodies and how to sell you know, just sell sex through women. And um, yeah, so that was the first thing that stood out to me. Um, the other thing as well, again, I used to like question the need to even be trans in the first place because it's like, what does it even mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a man? Yeah. And mm-hmm. realizing that a lot of the reason why people have to go through that, um, that change is because of straight people is not because of them and actually they are probably one of the first people who like transcend the whole like uh gender spectrum thing and realizing that gender is at the end of the day is kind of like a social construct as well i feel like they are they are the to me like watching that was like oh these are the people that are perpetrating no sorry they are like the face of rising above that stereotype because the only reason that they feel the need to have a lot of these like uh, sex changes is to make us comfortable because then then you can be like oh that is now a woman or that is now a man that is all for us is not because of them because they when they are going through that they have had their whole like therapy or they have had their whole like 
acceptance with themselves and they're having to do this whole like um, surgery and stuff or putting on makeup or when with just for us straight people and I, I feel like that was very insightful and maybe like again begins like switch my lens away from realizing that there's just so much stuff that we do in order to make other people feel comfortable and again back to that whole thing of this obsession and wanting to like other people is like, okay there's us and then there's others and everything else that is not us is yeah, so, yeah. i think all i actually want to add yeah one thing i want to the, actually there are two things i want to add to this conversation i think it's also very important that we should I think as much as we can, I, which I actually also think will be our reflection also, is we should try and make it more about our reaction to the show and how it's changed our minds and the educative mm-hmm. like, benefits of it, rather than discussing like trans experience completely, because obviously neither of us here are yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And also realistically also, because obviously this is the Nigerian podcast, um, well, for the Nigerian audience or the Nigerian diaspora anyways. Yeah. Um, like, visibility of Nigerian trans is also really hard. So, like, it's not as if, like, we can get a trans person act sure. readily, like, come, oh, come and speak on this because, you know, like, at the end of the day, if we do give them that spotlight, it's also a detriment to them because... Yeah. It affects them, Which like, they pointed out in the show. Yeah, yeah visibility that, also like, means like a lot of danger for you as well. Yeah, so I think that is really important. Um, secondly, yeah. like I agree with what Shadi said 100% about how like the media has kind of also made the portrayal of trans and even the sex change more about maybe like we always thought oh they were doing it for like their outwardly experience rather than like it's something for them you know and it's also very interesting also that like with trans people particularly like it's usually the change from men to women that is always more sensationalized like even like I mean, I know these people are not necessarily trans and I, I'm very, really cautious of not trying to, like, label them because these people yeah. are actually Nigerian. I don't want to, like, cause harm to them or anything. Yeah. But, like, like with Bob Risky, like, I think he's more, it's more sensational because I don't know if he's trans or he's just cross. I, I'm actually, I think he's trans. Okay. Okay, so I think Bob Risky is actually trans because I think there was a statement once, which I remember, I think I have the screenshots, I have the receipts, that he, le- he labeled himself as a trans person. So I'm, go- <laughs> so I'm going to, um, I'm going to label him as a trans person. But I think, like, the fact that Bob Risky is, like, a trans man, like, transitioning into a woman is more sensational. Like, I, I don't think that, I mean, there are people, like, there are people in the Nigerian diaspora that I don't, I wouldn't say they're trans, but, like, they are non-binary, like, non-binary men, like, in more, like, you know, transitioning or, like, in that space of, like, moving towards a masculine form. And, yes, there is a little bit of sensation, but it's not as much as you know, um, but risky. And that, again, comes from the fact that, like, Nigeria is super misogynist. And, like, that, like, um, the the opportunity or the visibility of a man changing to a woman is such a threat to masculinity in Nigeria and such a threat to misogyny in Nigeria that, like, it's a vicious... That's why, like, you know, he still has hateful comments all the time. Like, whenever, like, 
he has fights with women like it always bottoms down to like the women calling him the police and like because he's trans and it's like it's it's it, at, the, at the basis of it all it always falls down to the fact that he's trans regardless of like whatever the situation is you know maybe like he might hire like clothes from someone and you know he might not pay the person like instead of them to like drag him for not paying the person they end up dragging him because he's trans like you wouldn't do that to like a normal straight person person or like you know a normal straight no i don't want to say normal but like a straight person you know you wouldn't do that so i think there is that there is the heavy misogyny even within certain women in Nigeria that like, you know, that always transpires into. And again, I think it's because the media, particularly the Western media even has taught us that um, there is like the, the, the transition of men to women is such a threat or is such a, like, is such a vicious thing to masculinity and misogyny that we have to kill it the same way. Like, um being gay is also like is also seen as a threat to misogyny and all of those things you know and i think to an extent i i i also actually think so when it comes to the woman thing as you mentioned um shade i think it's a bit of both in the sense that like i think i think there is that reality of and i don't know if this is a problematic thing to say or maybe i haven't done enough reading i think there is and and this is actually not to dis- discount any like trans woman's experience to be honest in my opinion but i think that thing when chimamanda when she made that point you know about like oh trans women are not women because obviously they haven't gone their whole lives as women i think personally for me i think there is there's a space there should be a space for that kind of conversation because i think there is a reality of that like there is a reality of like you know you haven't gone through your whole life as a woman and that doesn't negate your presence as a woman, like I know as the same thing. And like those experiences are completely different, you know, and I think there needs to be a space around that. And there needs to be a conversation around that, which I think is what Chimamanda was trying to say. And I don't know whether she delivered it properly or like maybe the person that blew the tweet, like blew it in a way that isn't, you know, and I mean that, but then again, you know, I am not a trans person, so maybe, like, I am not seeing the full picture as, you know, they see that picture. But I think there really needs to be that conversation because, like you said, um, Shadi, when we spoke privately about this, you said that, like, you were iffy about it because there are lots of, like, comedians now who are, like, posing as women for comedy and, like, and, and I think, and I think, you know, from, so my taking of that, like I said to you, my taking of that was that, like, a, a number of them might be trans adjacent or queer adjacent. And like, I, I took my position was like, oh, we're laughing about it. And that kind of like humanizes it in a sense. Well, the people that I think are trans adjacent and using that performative thing anyways, because there are some straight men that are just using it as laughter. And I also want to point that out. But I think for me, it was more about, oh, because those people are doing it, maybe we can laugh with them as they're doing it and the more we laugh with them when things happen like the same way like now Bobrisky, even though like there are people who are like viciously against him he also has like fans that are really for him so like you know Hello, i think fans. you know and i think modern nigeria also needs or modern lagos i don't want to say nigeria but modern lagos also realizes that it's the fact that like you know i think like 
I don't think if we locked Bob Risky, if they locked Bob Risky up now, like, I don't think, like, I'm sure Twitter will, like, people will make noise about it. I know I will make noise about it 100%. I, you know? I, I know that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I even remember there was a time when, like, it was a spoof and, like, people thought they did. And, like, even people in America were, like, free Bob Risky and, like, everyone was like, no, he's, he's actually fine. He's <laughs> so, I think, I mean, I think there is, there is that. Um, but I think, so I think, yeah, the more, but on the other hand, I also understand that, like, people, like, there are certain men who play that caricature and they're playing it as a form. But then, like, you know, there's also, like, a lot of rape allegations that's happening in Nigeria at the moment that nobody's also really addressing, you know. Yeah. Actually, there was actually something really interesting about um, this comedian, Tao, and it's not trans-related, but I think it feeds into the story. She talks about, like, there's a skit that she does. She's, like, a funny Instagram comedian. There's a skit, and she's a woman. She did a skit about the her husband, like, the, the character, the woman, and her husband sleeping with another woman, and then she becoming pregnant. And the narrative of that, really, at the end of it was, she ended up like slapping the other woman and like, you know, the other woman was like, oh, I need to like, she slapped her and like, she because the other woman was forming for her and she was like, I'm pregnant, you need to make space for me in your house. And it then came a narrative of like, you know, um, I'm going to fight with you rather than like the man who is, you know, the person that actually got the woman pregnant. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the girl was out there, like, living her life. Like, you, the guys sought after her, probably, and, like, made her... I mean, I know this is a comedy sketch, sketch, but it's more the fact that, like, I don't want to say trivializing, but you're making light of an issue when, like, these are, like, real issues that... Are, I mean, and I know are really normal in Nigeria, but are the reason why Nigerian men are very problematic, you know? True. So I think True. those kind of skits, like, if we're using that within, like... The, the straight men that put on women's skits and like that that laugh about it's like I think it's that same thing because it's performative and it's jokey haha and then you reduce women to oh weaves jokes or I like <laughs> all of those things yeah and, you know and that yes. is not a reality of a lot of women that I know to be yeah. honest I want to add I actually want to add something really quickly because I don't want this to go on for too long because we can talk about this forever the, I think for me two things right um the first thing is I think it really sort of made me question what I believe about labels, right? Because mm-hmm. I think growing up in Nigeria, you don't really question it. Shade is a girl, Ola is a boy. We are all Nigerians. We are black people. It was there was no. I've never had to be in a situation where the labels are questioned. Do you get what I mean? Like, no one has ever said, oh, you don't have the right to call yourself a woman. You don't have the right to... Like, everything that I label myself, nobody questions it. So I have no reason to worry about the label, right? And it just made me think, can you imagine living in a world where your label of yourself is questioned? So imagine living in a world where you're a gay man. Now you have to ask yourself, but am I really gay? Is that what I am? Like, what happened to, like, you, you know, or imagine you're a lesbian and you, you start asking, is this what I agreed to? Like, what happened? Like, I, I think a lot of us take our labels for granted to the point where we don't even realize we have labels, you know? And I just, I, I just, I'm ready for a world where people who are privileged enough to have labels that are not questioned, she should actually take a step back and just chill on the conversation with people whose labels are questioned. Like, like, I personally now don't 
try not to involve myself in trans conversations. If, if someone gives me an opinion, I read about it, I look it up. If I think it makes sense, okay, cool. If I think it doesn't make sense, maybe don't share that opinion again with me. So I'm trying, because like when J.K. Rowling, you know, was dragged on Twitter, she was dragged. Yeah. I felt like she was trying to say the same thing Chimamanda was saying that, you know, trans, trans women were not women from birth. So they had a period where, you know, you were not suffering what it meant to be female. And I think I understand why they, I understand why they would say that. But at the same time, I understand why it's problematic for trans people to hear that, right? Like, they, it, it's, and it's such a touchy conversation to be having. So I, I'm just like, do you know what? Let everybody do what everybody wants to do as long as nobody's annoyed and nobody's feelings are hurt. Anyway, last words. I think for me, the moral of this story is just educate yourself on things. Like, educate yourself before you form an opinion. And it's actually not even by force to form an opinion. <laughs> Just educate yourself. Uh, I think for me, that, that was like the main thing I took away. Um, Shadi, do you want to share your main highlights? Um, I guess another highlight that I don't, because we've talked about life, like you guys have really covered a lot, is um, I would say another thing for me that I took away with that was just like the privilege. I feel like you kind of were touching on that before, like that the privilege that we have and the importance of um the best way i could think about it was taking it back to racism as that's something that's at the forefront of every everything that is going on right now is that thing of it shouldn't be the job of the marginalized to to continually be trying to tell you and educate you and make you believe that they are a human being and they should be valued that it is the job of the privilege to be doing that and the oppressors to be doing that and yeah i just hope that when people hear this or when people watch this they want to be educated they want to educate themselves more and they want to champion and speak up for um trans people in their community but also again acknowledging that i know that i don't really have i don't really know that many people and they said that as well even the trans people themselves themselves said that didn't see anybody but yeah that was fair enough fair enough hola any last words quickly uh trans lives matter black gay lives matter (laughs) black lives matter (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode honestly i love ola and shadi so much they're my people we talk about everything and anything and i just i just love the fact that i have friends that just like are intelligent i really want to say i'm just happy that i have friends Anyway, Shadi, you will not be coming back to this podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I love you all. <laughs>